Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors. The Donald Trump Jr. Whistleblower Blower, blowing the whistle on the whistleblower to try to cover the blown scheme that's blowing up his father's blown presidency. Breitbart.com, identifying the whistleblower without any evidence, then pretending to have evidence that the whistleblower we identified without evidence is evidently a deep state conspirator, as evidenced by no other evidence than the fact that he worked in the Obama administration, which is evident of nothing but evidently we can imply as evidence against the whistleblower we identified without evidence. And the President Donald J. Trump Institute for Parental Compassion. Nice try with a whistleblower, Junior, but Daddy still doesn't love you. I am Dave. And I am Molly. And if our voices were any lower, they would still be miles above the moral sewer where Donald Trump Jr. manufactures his hair gel. Our top story this week. President Trump, formally appointed prosperity gospel preacher and Fox News blonde for Jesus, Paula White, to his Faith and Opportunity Initiative. Miss White, who speaks in tongues almost as often as she speaks in Republican talking points, recently said, quote, To go against Trump is to go against God. Which makes exactly as much sense as when she said, quote, Before being converted to the gospel of Trump, Ms. White was a televangelist who conned viewers into financing her obscenely wealthy lifestyle. The crux of the scam is what she calls, quote, planting a seed, whereby if you give God money now, God will reward you with more money in the future. Unfortunately, giving God money directly is impossible. Fortunately for Miss White, Miss White's followers can give God their money by giving Miss White their money because Miss White is an agent of God, according to Miss White. While being a con artist televangelist is the perfect qualification to be President Trump's personal spiritual advisor, Barely Audible Whisper filed the following report to find out what qualifies her to actually work at the White House. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, because we hear he hates that. It's no surprise that Dr. Paula White, who insists on being called doctor despite the fact that she is not a doctor, is also a pastor, despite the fact that she dropped out of seminary school and lives in opulent wealth despite the fact that she devoted herself to Christ, is President Trump's favorite Christian. I love Dr. Paula White because she says nice things about Trump and she believes that the news media, which is very unfair to me, is possessed by the devil. She's actually said that. And she says crazy things to get people to give her money. There's a Department of Treasury in heaven. Seriously, she said that. And now she works in the White House. Dr. Paula White, who is not really a doctor, but I call her doctor, because real doctors say I'm obese, is the newest member of my Faith and Opportunity Initiative, which is an initiative I created to give Christian organizations a bigger role in government decisions, because... If I can't have a wall on the border, then America can't have a wall of separation between church and state. So saith our Trump and Savior, President Trump. Why would a con artist president, facing a constitutional crisis, hire a con artist preacher to work his unconstitutional initiative? Some say it's to shore up support amongst his evangelical base while he faces impeachment. In the name of the Trump and the Trump and the Trumpy spirit we pray.
This little light of Trump, I'm gonna let it Trump. Impeachment is political crucifixion. And if you crucify our Lord and Trump, then the Heavenly Treasury Department will stop printing money. This little Trump of Trump, Trump's gonna let it Trump. Jesus said, blessed are they who can believe without seeing. Trump does Jesus one better and says, blessed are they who can believe even though they have seen. So blessed are they by irrational belief that they deny having seen what they have seen. Let it Trump, let it Trump, let it Trump. Others fear that Trump, growing bolder in his authoritarian impulses, may be utilizing an evangelical con artist to encourage even more religious fervor amongst his most fanatical Christian supporters. Give unto Trump that which is Trump's. Also give unto Trump that which is God, for Trump, like God, is hated by the Democrats. Trump-a-lo-yah, Trump-a-lo-yah, Trump-a-lo-yah. For God so made America great again that he sent his only begotten Trump, that whosoever shall believe in Trump shall not socialism, but shall have eternal deregulation. Trump, hallelujah, hallelujah, Trump. For as Jesus said, do unto others. When you're a star, they let you do it. Trump, 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 No one knows why exactly Trump hired Paula White. But if we've learned anything from the first 15 minutes of every con artist movie ever, it's that when a con artist president hires a con artist preacher, they're going to try and pull a con. Also, her husband is the keyboardist from Journey, so there's that. Don't stop trumping. Hold on to that Trump feeling. <laughs> Is it going to bother anybody if she changed keys between the last one and this one? <laughs> let it Trump, let it Trump, let it Trump. Shifty-eyed California Republican Congressman Devin Nunez, whose lawsuit against the parody Twitter account of a fake cow succeeded in making Devin Nunez Cow a Twitter celebrity with hundreds of thousands of more followers than the actual Devin Nunez, is now suing the Fresno County District Attorney and his former political opponent Andrew Jans, claiming without evidence that Jans is the real person behind the fake cow. Ironically, Nunez, who claims his defamation lawsuit against the fake cow, was part of an effort to combat anti-conservative bias on Twitter and protect freedom of speech, is now demanding that Jans, who may or may not actually be Devin Nunez cow, stop free-speeching mean cow puns. Barely Audible Whisper has tried on two separate occasions to capitalize on the popularity that Devin Nunez cow got from being sued by Devin Nunez for defamation, by trying to get Devin Nunez to sue us for defamation, by blatantly defaming Devin Nunez. Third time's a charm! Hello, I'm Devin Nunez Utter Cow. Not to be confused with the Twitter account, Devin Nunez Cow. I'm an altogether Utter Cow. Yeah, moo. 
and I'm Devin Nunez Otterkow. Not to be confused with Devin Nunez Otterkow, who anchors news segments for some reason. I'm Devin Nunez Otterkow, and I, like Devin Nunez, am a member of the Nazi party. To be clear, without any evidence whatsoever, bear the audible whisper, just accused Devin Nunez of being a Nazi. That's Mooter League defamation. Yeah, Devin convinced me to become a Nazi while he was coked up and molesting me. Devin yes, often gets coked up and molests his cows while reading aloud from Mein Kampf. He says quoting Adolf Hitler is the only way he can maintain an erection. Even more Mooterleague defamation. Devin Nunez is also suing his hometown paper, the Fresno Bee, for defamation for reporting on a cocaine and hooker party that was hosted as a fundraiser for a winery Devin Nunez is a part owner of. That story is not defamation because it's true. But speaking of defaming Devin Nunez, I'm Devin's favorite cocaine hooker because I don't judge him for needing to read aloud from Mein Kampf to maintain an erection. That's why I'm his favorite and that's why he paid for my abortions. Again, based on absolutely nothing, barely audible whisper, just accused Devin Nunez of paying for the abortions of the only hooker who doesn't judge him for needing to quote Mein Kampf to maintain an erection. Yeah, Devin Nunez likes to squirt my pure white milk all over his naked body while he masturbates. Every time I get an abortion that Devin Nunez pays for, Devin Nunez dresses up like me, a coked up female prostitute whose abortion Devin Nunez paid for and had sex with Mike Pence in the presence of mother, of course. All three swore the sex wasn't gay because Devin Nunez, who paid for my abortions, was impersonating a woman. A woman whose abortions Devin Nunez coincidentally paid for. Oops, we didn't mean to defame Mike Pence, but we had to include him to make the joke work. Getting sued for defamation by Mike Pence might get us even more listeners than getting sued by Devin Nunez, but unlike Devin Nunez, Mike Pence doesn't cry like a bitch when he gets mocked by cowpons. Yeah, Devin Nunez cries like a bitch when he's criticized just like he does after sex. Oh, Devin Nunez totally cries like a bitch after sex. But unlike the many prostitutes that Devin Nunez has brutally murdered, Mooter League 
defamation. I don't judge him for it, which is why he paid for my abortions. Hello, I'm Devin Nunez, and I'm a Nazi who gets coked up and has sex with my cow, who I trained to also be a Nazi while reading aloud from Mein Kampf, because the words of my idol, Adolf Hitler, are the only thing that helped me maintain an erection. I've also murdered most of the many, many prostitutes I've had coked up Mein Kampf quoting sex with. In fact, the only prostitute I didn't murder was the prostitute whose abortions I paid for, and while she was receiving the abortions I paid for, I dressed up like her and had gay sex with a homophobic politician whose name I won't repeat because the purpose of this sketch is to defame Devin Nunez and not Mike Pence. <laughs> Please sue us, Devin Nunez! We need more listeners! More listeners! The 2019 off-year elections were a win for Democrats, as the state of Virginia is now completely blue, and they appear to have won the Kentucky gubernatorial race. We have to say appear to have won because the defeated incumbent, Matt Bevin, is a sore loser baby person. In what is very likely a preview of what fellow sore loser baby person, Donald Trump, will be like if he loses next year, Bevin is calling for a re-canvas of the votes even though there's no historical precedent for such a vote to be off by 5,000 people. Because apparently wasting government resources and undermining public faith in elections is better than losing. To try and get a sense of why Bevan thinks he has a chance, and hopefully change his mind, we sent Neil Diamond Muse, Kentucky Woman, to have a chat. Hello, I'm Kentucky Woman. If I get to know you, I'm going to own you. I'm speaking with Matt Bevan, who thinks he has any hope of still being the governor. Mr. Bevan, why haven't you conceded the race? There have been corroborated reports of irregularities. Corroborated by whom? Some guy I met. Okay. And what are these supposed irregularities? Well, number one is that I didn't win. Uh-huh. Last time I won. That's irregular. I'll ignore that one, and I think you know why. Number two, 42% of the population voted. It's not abnormal to have low voter turnout in an off-year election. No, I know. That's why we do them in the odd years. So most people sit it out. Gives us a better chance. What's weird is 42% is high, which raises questions about voter fraud. Questions such as... Do that many people really not like me? Any other so-called irregularities? Oh, yes. I didn't win the working class vote. Don't working class voters typically skew democratic? Maybe in the olden days, but you have to go all the way back to 2011 to... 2011? Two elections ago. Two whole elections ago. What it sounds like to me is that the voters that went Trump's way against their own interests have reverted back to the party that does a better job of fighting for the working class. Well, they were my voters before they were Trump's. I was elected in 2015. And you won those voters how? By promising to get rid of Obamacare. A program that was benefiting a lot of lower income Kentucky residents. Did you replace Obamacare with something more effective? Nope, just got rid of it. Hmm. I wonder why you lost people. Now, in our fair state, there is no mechanism for a recount. And not for governor and lieutenant governor, no. So, your only recourse at this point is the re-canvassing you're calling for. What exactly is re-canvassing? Re-canvassing is basically looking at the same numbers that we looked at the first time and hoping that they add up to something different. Has it ever worked? 
Well, I don't know about ever. I do know, and it hasn't. But when I won in 2015, my opponent in the primary called for a re-canvas. And how did that turn out? Uh, no change in the results. And how close was that election? I won by 83. 100? No, 83 votes. So a re-canvas didn't change the results of a double-digit win, but you still want to do one for a quadruple-digit win. And that's just the first step in my stubborn refusal to accept losing. If I don't like the results of the re-canvas, I can contest the election with the state legislature. It's still Republican-controlled, so I like my odds. I know the answers to these questions, but I want to see if you do. Has anyone ever contested in this manner before? Yes, and it worked. The guy who contested ended up being governor back in 1899. That's technically true, because someone from the winner's party shot the losing candidate. So the winning candidate fled the state, and the losing candidate was declared governor until he died from his wounds three days later. You're pretty. Don't do that. I know you've made the fool of me in this interview, and instead of looking gubernatorial, I come off as a notorious goober, but I can't help myself. I think I'm in love with you. And this interview is over. Kentucky woman, oh, she God, shines with her own kind of light. Oh, gosh. She'd look at you once in a day that's all wrong, looks all right. I hate this song. And I love her. God knows I love her. Neil Diamond is... Kentucky woman, if she get to know you, she going to own you, Kentucky woman. This Tuesday, senior South Carolina Senator, Trump ally, and whinier Tennessee Williams character, Lindsey Graham, told CBS News that the impeachment process was, quote, BS, and that he would not even bother to read the transcripts of witness testimony. Then the following day, Senator Crybaby on a hot tin roof said that President Trump was incapable of committing a quid pro quo because his foreign policy is, quote, too incoherent. For more on the it-isn't-real-if-I-don't-read-it, and the he's-too-stupid-to-be-guilty defenses being crafted by Senator Whiny Glass Menagerie, Barely Audible Whisper obtained audio of a strategy session from inside the office of Senator, a streetcar named Wah. Senator Graham, the transcripts from the closed-door impeachment testimony have just been released. I think you better read this. No, no, no. If I don't read the transcripts, then the transcripts aren't real. But according to the testimony la, 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 from la, all la. of the witnesses, I can't hear you. There BS. Was a Everything I don't like is BS. Pro quo. <laughs> I can't hear you. Senator, this is serious. I know it's serious. This entire impeachment threatens the imaginary foundation of grand delusions on which my privileged role of nobility on the national plantation of Lord Trump rests. The evidence la, against la, la, the president... La, 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 witch hunt! There was no quid pro quo! Then I shall not read the evidence! You can't just evidence. ignore the evidence! But the evidence is bad, and I hate badness. But if I ignore the badness, then I can live in a world of goodness. Reading the evidence is your job. Not if I say the evidence is BS. But 
The evidence BS. demonstrates irrefutable proof BS. of a BS. quid pro quo. BS, 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 Trump's too stupid to do a quid pro quo because quid pro quo is Latin and Trump hates all foreign languages. Senator, that's President not a Trump could not have committed a quid pro quo because quid pro quo is Latin and therefore intellectual and this president would never do anything Latin or intellectual such as a quid pro quo. Quid pro quo is just a fancy way of saying bribe. Well, that he would totally do. So you see the problem? Damn it, we're in trouble. Unless, wait a minute, of course. Oh, instinctively, I know this is going to be stupid. Yes, stupid, mind-bogglingly stupid. Trump's entire foreign policy is an incoherent, stupid mess. But a quid pro quo requires enough coherence to organize a quid that matches up with quo. And Trump's policies are too incoherent to coherently match a quid with a quo. That's really stupid. Exactly. Trump's entirely too stupid to pull off a crime that requires not being stupid. But he didn't pull it off. It was a stupid crime. So stupidly executed that it left a stupefying trail of la, evidence. La 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 la! I'm not listening. I'm not listening to a thing You're you a baby. say. <laughs> I'm a loud southern lady. <laughs> In a rare bit of good news for President Trump on impeachment. Transcripts from the testimony of acting U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Bill Taylor, revealed that while it was the, quote, unanimous opinion of every interagency discussion that aid to Ukraine should be restored, it was difficult to arrange a meeting with Trump to, quote, convince him to release the hold because he was too preoccupied with his stupid idea to purchase Greenland. How is that good news? Trying to buy Greenland is stupid, but at least it's not illegal. Sadly, that's the best news Trump's had so far. Barely audible whisper obtained audio of aides trying to get Trump to stop focusing on his incredibly stupid, but not illegal, effort to buy Greenland. As always, our Trump impersonator is still a woman, because we hear he still hates that. Mr. President, you've got to release our military aid to Ukraine. Uh, can't talk. Trying to buy Greenland. Mr. President, Rudy Giuliani is running a shadow foreign policy. He's holding up Ukrainian military aid in an effort to extort the Ukrainian government into participating in a political dirty tricks campaign against your chief political rival. It's a serious crisis. You're right. This is the most serious crisis in the history of crises. I want to buy Greenland, but Denmark won't sell it to me. It's the crisis crisis in the history of crisis crises. Mr. President, from a national security's perspective, denying military aid to Ukraine makes them vulnerable to Russian invasion. Ooh, yay! I love Russian invasions. Ooh, maybe Putin will invade Greenland and give it to me as a present. A Russian invasion of Ukraine would necessitate a NATO response. A NATO response might trigger other authoritarian regimes, hostile to NATO democracies, and desirous of Russian oil to align militarily with Russia. 
A Russian-led military alliance against NATO forces might trigger a world war. Failure to release the hold on Ukraine military aid would quite possibly lead to World War III. But I want to buy Greenland. Think of the consequences, Mr. President. I am thinking of the consequences. I'm not a baby. The consequences of buying Greenland, which is land that is green, means that I could build a bunch of golf courses because golf courses are land that is green. Mr. President, there are more important things than golf courses. I know that. I'm not a baby. The most important thing about golf courses is fancy golf club resorts where you can charge people hundreds of thousands of dollars to be a member and drinks at the bar cost $35 and rooms cost millions and billions of bajillion plus infinity dollars. Most of those aren't even real numbers, sir. I'm the president. I can do whatever I want. I hereby declare that a bajillion plus infinity dollars is a real amount of money and Harriet Tubman doesn't get to be on the bajillion plus infinity dollar bill. Please, Mr. President, you've got to focus on Ukraine. I am focused on Ukraine. I'm not a baby. Ukraine is how I'm going to buy Greenland. Greenland isn't for sale, Mr. President. It will be when I Ukraine Denmark into selling it to me. Ukraine isn't a verb, Mr. President. Fake news! Ukraine is a verb because I call extorting Ukrainians Ukraining. Right now, I'm Ukraining the Ukraine into a dirty tricks campaign against Sleepy Joe Biden. But I'm going to Ukraine Denmark into selling me Greenland when I finish. What does Finland have to do with this? I think he means finish as in to finish, not finish as in being finish. That's a great idea. After I finish Ukraining Ukraine, and then finish Ukraining Denmark into selling me Greenland, I can finish Ukraining by Ukraining the Finnish into giving me... Um, what do they have in Finland? Mr. President, please, we need to release the military. Oh, oh, I know. I'll finish by Ukraining Finland into giving me Finns and... Land. The military aid, Mr. President, we need to talk about- Land that is fins isn't as good for golf courses as land that is green, but land that is fins is good for putt-putt golf courses. So maybe the Finnish can give you some of their really well-swept forests. Well, maybe. <laughs> British Prime Minister and what Trump would look like if he drank, Boris Johnson, is refusing to release an intelligence report on possible Russian interference in the Brexit vote until after his upcoming re-election bid in December. Prime Minister Drunken Trump claims that the 50-page report cannot be released to the public until after the election because his administration needs six weeks to vet the 50-page report for potential classified content. However, according to The Guardian, quote, it is understood that the dossier has already been approved by the intelligence agencies themselves as part of a long clearance process that started in March. For a deeper look, Barely Audible Whisper turns to our own irritatingly British correspondent, Nigel Billingsworth. As always, our Boris Johnson impersonator is our Trump impersonator speaking with an English accent, because Boris Johnson is Trump with an English accent. Billingsworth speaking to you in the irritating staccato of a reporter from the BBC. 
The Russia report totally exonerates me, but you can't see it, even though I want you to see it, because if you could see it, you would see that it totally exonerates me. Prime Minister Trump on a bender clings to the claim that a vague notion of national security prevents him from releasing the report into Russian Brexit meddling, which, true to the stereotype of British stuffiness, is simply titled Russia. It's classified. Yet he never offers any explanation as to why Russia must remain classified. Why it's classified is also classified. Other than to reiterate that it is classified. Why why it's classified is also classified. And why that's also classified is also classified. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Tequila Shot Trump's critics in Parliament contend that his refusal to release the Russia report, like his hairstyle, is a lazy and sloppy comb over. The Prime Minister's contention that a 50-page report that's already been vetted by intelligence experts requires six additional weeks of vetting is hogwash, dipped in humbug, splattered with ham hock. <laughs> <laughs> British parliamentary debate is weird. The Russia report, which is a perfect report, is a hoax. Adding credence to Prime Minister Trump at last calls claim that Brexit was not the result of Russian interference is a report from BuzzFeed, citing two sources with knowledge of the report that claim that the report exonerates the Prime Minister. What kind of Brexit are you? A leave without a deal, a leave with a deal, or a remain? To find out, take our BuzzFeed Brexit quiz, filled with seemingly irrelevant questions that seem suspiciously like a data mining operation. But as nothing could be more important for British national security than the confidence of the British people that their upcoming national election is secure, the national security claims of Prime Minister Trumpaholism seem like... Hogwash! Humbug! Hamhock! And so, three and a half years and three prime ministers after the Brexit vote, Britain remains entrenched in confusion and misinformation. I have the best Brexit deal, but I can't tell you what it is because it's classified. But if I could tell you what it is, you would think it was the best Brexit deal in the history of Brexit deals. But I can't tell you what it is because it's too perfect. And the British Parliament remains entrenched in bitter partisanship and stereotypical English weirdness. Hogwash. Humbug. Hamhock. But Parliament Speaker John Berko, famous for his calls for... ...is retiring. And no matter who wins the election, the political partisanship and economic turmoil that awaits the winner is daunting. 
The economic consequences of leaving without a deal are dire. The ability to strike a less dire deal is perilous, and the political consequences of ignoring a referendum and remaining in the EU are unpredictable. And so, as the inevitable awfulness looms, and the prospect that Brexit may throw Europe into levels of instability not seen since World War II, one must wonder if Speaker Burko has actually been the difference between chaos and order. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper, made possible by the following people, writer, co-host, and producer, Dave Baldwin. Co-host and actress Molly Brown, writer and actor Daniel Carter Brown, actors Corey Burns and Tommy Strock. We appreciate all of your support. We hope you enjoyed us. Please subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Follow us wherever we do social media. And once again... Please sue us, Devin Nunez. We need more listeners. British parliamentary debate (coughs) is hard on the lungs. British parliamentary debate, especially for a smoker. (laughs) Humorous.